This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to the July edition of One Month to a Better Compliance Program. This month, we're going to focus on One Month to Better Internal Controls. This month's sponsor is Workiva, and first, I'd like to have a word from our sponsor. Thanks, Tom. Workiva delivers a modern internal control solution that connects risk and internal control information across the enterprise. The WS Cloud Platform is collaborative, powerful, and intuitive, and optimizes documentation, testing, approval, and reporting processes. The platform is proven to increase productivity and drive better decision-making and is used by more than 2,800 organizations worldwide for financial reporting and ICFR processes. To learn more, visit www.workiva.com. Over the next month, I'm going to explore several topics related to internal controls. We're going to take a look at what internal controls are and how they relate to a best practices compliance program. I'm going to help you understand how to design an internal controls regime for compliance, and then some of the specific internal controls for the functional disciplines within a corporate compliance program. We're going to take a look at the COSO 2013 framework around internal controls and explain how that integrates into your best practices compliance program. I think it'll be a fascinating uh, month for you. We'll certainly uh, explore the area of internal controls in depth. This podcast, One Month to a Better Compliance Program, is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Day 19, COSO's Objectives and Principles, Monitoring Activities. The fifth and final objective is monitoring activities. The framework volume says ongoing evaluations, separate evaluations, or some combination of the two are used to ascertain whether each of the five components of internal controls, including controls to affect the principles within each component, are present and functioning. Ongoing evaluations built into business processes at different levels of the entity provide timely information. Separate evaluations conducted periodically will vary in scope and frequency depending on the assessment of risk, effectiveness of ongoing evaluations, and other management considerations. Findings are evaluated against the criteria established by regulators, recognizing that standard-setting bodies or managements and the boards of directors and efficiencies are communicated to management and the board as appropriate. However, as with all other components of the COSO cube, monitoring activities are part of an interrelated whole which cannot be taken singularly. This principle applies to all five components of internal controls and the nature of monitoring should fit the organization, its dependence on IT, and the effectiveness of monitoring providing feedback on the other components including the effectiveness of internal controls. For the CCO or compliance practitioner, monitoring activities has been growing in importance over the past few years and will continue to do so in the future. It is important to ensure that internal controls are present in support of all of the relevant principles and the components before launching into efforts that prove internal controls are functioning. Remember that all relevant principles must be present and functioning in order for a company to safely conclude that their internal control regime is effective. Aligning the design of controls to the 17 principles in order to see any gaps early, early in the implementation process will help ensure that adequate time to remediate and test for operational effectiveness. The same is equally, if not more so true for your compliance function. Monitoring activity consists of two principles. Principle 16, ongoing evaluation. That monitoring should be include ongoing and continuous monitoring whenever such monitoring is reliable, timely, and cost-effective. This incorporates uh, both auditing and ongoing monitoring as well. The reason is simple, that the 
complementary tools to test the effectiveness of your regime. The same is true of internal controls, but this principle clearly expects your organization to engage in both types of oversight, monitoring, and auditing. For the compliance practitioner, there are several different areas or concepts that you will be asked to consider going forward. A current risk assessment or other evaluation of business change should be considered based upon some type of baseline understanding of the compliance risk. Whatever you select, it will need to be integrated with your ongoing business processes, adjusted as appropriate through ongoing risk assessments and risk monitoring, and objectively evaluated. Principle 17, evaluation and communication of deficits. This final principle speaks to the deficiencies in their correction. It requires a determination of what might constitute a deficiency in your internal controls and who in your company is responsible for taking defect corrective action and whether there is evidence of this corrective action taken. If this does not sound like Paul McNulty's maxim number three, what did you do when you found out about it? I don't know what is. Therefore, under this principle, the CCO will need to take timely and determined action to correct any deficiencies which might appear in your compliance regime or your compliance internal controls regime. It will require you to assess results, communicate the deficiencies up the chain to the board or to the compliance committee and correct and then monitor their corrective action going forward. I would urge every uh, key internal compliance control in support of these principles should conclude upon management in terms and their adequacy and design of operation, operating efficiency. Monitoring activities should bring both together your entire compliance program and give you a sense of whether it's running properly. Both ongoing monitoring and auditing are tools the CCO and compliance practitioner should use in support of this objective. Monitoring is a key component of internal controls framework because effective monitoring recognizes the dynamics of change within an organization and provides a basis for corrective action as well. It allows you to add the evaluate the effectiveness of the control as well and the corrective action. Here's the thing that is most important is controls need to be sustainable. You cannot have one that builds uh, solely for a one-off or one-time period and not have a process in place that's going to help you get through the, all of the periods you need to cover. The controls cannot be a one-and-done job. Companies have to find, are going to find their initial approach to all of this is one-and-done. Well, that's going to be a mistake. There must be a mechanism for communications of controls which do not work and can, or can be easily overridden from the compliance practitioner's uh, perspective, these are, this is absolutely mandatory. From there, you must be able to remediate your, uh, your controls going forward, and this will align with your compliance professional requirement to prevent, detect, and most importantly, remediate going forward. So what are today's three key takeaways? Monitoring activities demonstrates the clear interrelatedness and the requirement for sustainability in your compliance program. You cannot simply have the University of Kentucky one and done. You've got to have sustainable controls that are actively engaged throughout the organization, throughout the business scope of whatever it is your company might be doing. Number two, adequate controls are present in support of the relevant principles and controls must be functioning. So are your controls functioning going forward? And number three, Always remember that controls must be then remediated if they're not functioning. For a compliance practitioner, remediation is a key component of your compliance program, and the same is true of internal controls. I hope you've enjoyed day 19.
to one month to more effective internal controls, and I hope you will join me tomorrow for day 20 and our final session of July's exploration of a more effective compliance program through internal controls. Thank you. This is Tom Fox again. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of One Month to Better Internal Controls. If you've listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate this podcast as it would help in our rankings. Get the word out about the only one-month podcast series which enables you to design, implement, and enhance a better compliance program. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you'll join us again tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.